This is Church Alive's Teaching of the Week by Pastor Gene Amoson. For additional teachings or information about the church, go to churchalive.net.
today with our voices, we declare this. So come, let us Can we give them some praise today? Amen. 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 Hey, it's so good to see you today. If you will take your seat just for a moment, Merry Christmas. It's so good to see all of you. Hey, thank you for being in the house of the Lord today. I know uh, if you have small kids, they probably were wanting to stay at home, weren't they? Because we were building some Lego cities this morning. Let me go ahead and tell you uh, at the Amoson house. So it's so good to see you today. Uh, it's so great to see some friends and, and family that we've not seen in a while. So Merry Christmas to all of you. Today we're going to be in Luke 1. And if you want to turn in your word, we'll have the scriptures on, on the screen as well. But whenever we look at uh, Luke chapter 1, we see that there's a stunning announcement that this young teenage girl gets. She's completely awestruck at this point. Of course, we're talking about Mary. We're talking about the Virgin Mary, who was at this point only about 13 years old. It said that she was probably 13 and had Jesus at the age of 14, which is wow. Wow. But I want to ask you a question this morning before we go into the Word. How many of you have maybe ever felt insignificant? Maybe you felt that, that God could never use you for anything great. You don't have to raise your hand, but maybe just deep down, you, you've thought to yourself, you know, does, does anyone notice me? Does the Lord even notice me? And is there any way, any way that I could ever do anything great for the Lord? I believe whenever we look at scripture, that's the feeling that this young lady had. Luke 1 says this, starting in verse 26. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. It says, Mary considered Gabriel's greeting. Just real quick, Gabriel is the messenger angel we see in the word. He normally is the one who's delivering words from the Lord. But verse 28, he says, rejoice. Somebody say rejoice. Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you and blessed are you among women. He says this to Mary and Mary's confused. Why is it that Gabriel would say this to me? Why is it that the Lord would give this word to the angel to be delivered to me. I think we can all assume that Mary was probably a good girl. I'm sure that her family served God. I'm sure that her family was awaiting the Messiah as everyone was. But I think it's safe to say that God was pleased with her heart, with the heart that he saw of Mary. But I want you to know this, apparently Gabriel's greeting was a revelation of how much she really meant to God. Once again, maybe she felt like she was insignificant. Maybe she felt like she could never do anything great. But Gabriel comes to her and he says, listen, God Almighty says that you are favored. 
and you need to rejoice. God Almighty says that he is with you. And I want to tell you today, if you've ever felt insignificant, if you've ever felt that you couldn't be used for something great, I want you to know you are highly favored. He loves you and he's with you. Come on now. He loves you. He's with you. In verse 30, it says, then the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God and behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the highest and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom, there will be no end. Verse 34, then Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I do not know a man? In other words, since I've not been intimate with a man, how can this be? And the angel answered to her and said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Come on, give God some praise, amen.
You can have a seat just for a moment. So whenever we pick back up, there in verse 35, Gabriel had shared the destiny of the anticipated child. As you can imagine, Mary is just blown away at what, at what he had to say. She's speechless because the truth is, how in the world is it that I could have a baby? Virgins don't have babies, much less messiahs. So Mary wonders, how is it that this could take place? And what God was declaring had never been done to any female out there. Never in the history of the world had a virgin had a baby. It wasn't just improbable, but it was outright impossible, wouldn't you say? But just six months prior, understand this, the messenger angel Gabriel had visited a fellow by the name of Zechariah. He and his wife Elizabeth, they, they longed for a child. And the Lord said, listen, you're gonna have that baby. And so that's why it said just earlier, whenever we started, it was in the sixth month, it was in Elizabeth's six months of pregnancy. And so what had happened was, is that, that Gabriel gave this word to Elizabeth and to Zechariah and said, you're gonna have a child, even though you're barren, you're gonna have a child. And then he comes and he says the same thing to, to a virgin. I want you to understand this. He was bringing hope to them and we all have a reason to have hope today because of the Messiah who came for us, amen? And he says in verse 37, something that we all have to remember as believers with God. Come on, let's say it together. With God, nothing will be impossible. With God, nothing will be impossible. I want you to understand this. Sinners can be restored to right relationship with God. Broken hearts can be healed with God. Relationships can be restored with God. Your sick body can be made whole with God. The rejected are accepted with God. Even a virgin and a woman who was considered barren can have a baby with God. Nothing is impossible. Come on. The sky is the limit because of our great God. Nothing is impossible with God. Amen. Nothing's impossible with God. But I want you to get something really quick. Listen. Whenever Mary asked, Mary said, how will this be done? He said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. Whenever you give God free reign in your life, whenever you tell the Holy Spirit, you can have whatever you want, you can have all of me. Whenever you tell the Holy Spirit, move as you want to, you will begin to see the impossible come to fruition in your life. It's allowing the Holy Spirit to do what he wants in your life. And you may be in a season right now to where life doesn't feel like it's going the way it's supposed to. John 10, 10 says that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but the Lord comes so that you can have an abundant life. And I want you to know this today. Whenever you allow the Holy Spirit to walk or to work through you, you can live that abundant life. Come on, give God some praise today. But there's something we've got to think about. It says the Holy Spirit will come upon you. Whenever the Holy Spirit came upon her, then we saw the impossible take place. But hold on. There's something very important. A key verse that we have to understand in verse 38. It's what set all this into motion. So I want you to understand God's got a plan for you. God has great things for you in store. 
he doesn't want you to just barely get through life. He, he wants you to live that overcoming abundant life. But, but we've got to allow him to do what he wants to do in our life. And, and we've got to be obedient in verse 38. This is what set it into motion for Mary. She said, behold, the maid servant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. The New Living Translation says, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. What, what she was saying was, is God, I'll do whatever you want me to do. And whenever we get to that place of obedience and we say, God will we'll allow you to do anything that, that you want to do in our life, then, then we will start to see the promises, we will start to see the plans that he writes in his love letter to us, we will see them come to fruition in our life. But we've got to get to the place of saying, God, whatever it is you want, I'll do it. I want to ask you today, is that the place that you're at? So many times we say we prioritize Jesus and we say Christmas is all about Jesus. But, but the truth is, is that priority is not up here. But are you at a place to where you say, God, whatever it is that you have for me, Lord, that's, that's what I'll do. I'll do whatever you ask me to do. And so today, can we all do as Mary did and say, Father, whatever it is, that's what we'll do. God, we declare that today, Father. Whatever it is that you have for me, I'll do it. If you have a relationship with Jesus today, I want to ask you, what is it that he's asking you to do? What's the next step? The thing that maybe you've been a little resistant to doing. Are you willing to say, Lord, I'll do it. It could be something as simple as starting to share your faith with others. It could be maybe the next step in ministry that he's calling you to do. If you're here today and you've never had a relationship with Jesus, if, if you've never asked him into your heart, I want to go ahead and tell you what he's asking you to do is this, is, is today he's saying, I want a relationship with you. And what he's saying is, is today is the day of salvation for you. It's his desire. And so today, can we all just say, Father, whatever it is, whatever it is, we're going to do it today. to him.
Amen. Amen. So just a moment ago, I mentioned to you, I said, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, that, that that's the thing that you need to do. In the same way that Mary said, Lord, whatever it is, I'll do. The truth is, is that there's a real heaven and there's a real hell. And the truth is, is as soon as you take your last breath, you will spend eternity. And that's a really long time, eternity in one or the other. The Bible says this in Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus, our Lord. And because we've sinned, listen, there are consequences, but God offered his son, Jesus, the greatest gift, the greatest gift, thinking about Christmas, the greatest gift we could ever receive. God gave his son who came and he lived a sinless, perfect life, allowing him to be the perfect, somebody say perfect the perfect sacrifice for you and I to take care of our sin. Romans 5, 8 says that God shows us how much he loves us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He didn't wait for us to get our act together. He sent Christ with the desire that all men come to repentance and come to know him, amen? And salvation is so easy. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, let's all say it together. You will be saved. You will be saved. Now, real quick, let me let me give you just a little Christmas soapbox that I, I share all the time. Regina's heard me share this with people all over the place. There's two things as Christians we must understand. First of all, that Jesus was born of a virgin. Let me tell you why. You may say it seems a little far-fetched. The reason we must believe that Jesus was born of a virgin was because if he was Joseph's son, he was just as human as you and I. And my blood and your blood or any other else, any other human's blood would not give us salvation. It's only the blood of the perfect one of God himself that could save us. Amen. So that's why we must, everybody say we must. We must believe in the virgin birth. Secondly, we must believe that Christ was raised from the dead because prophets spoke of it, and it once again proved that he was indeed God himself. So this says here, if you believe in your heart, and again, you got to believe that he's, and you got to say that he's Lord and believe that he rose from the dead, that you can be saved. So today, if that's you, if you say, Gene, I, I don't know if I have a relationship with the Lord. I don't know if I took my last breath. Uh, that I would be in heaven. Listen, today is that day. So everybody, if you will, just bow your head, close your eyes quickly. This morning, if that's you, I just want you to just quickly slip your hand up. And we're all gonna pray together. I'm not gonna ask you to come down, but we would love to all just pray together. Amen, I see that. All right, come on, let's all pray together. Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe that you died for my sins and rose from the grave. I turn from my sins and I invite you into my life. I wanna trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. Come on, everybody say amen today. Come on, give God some praise, amen. Come on, declare this with us. Then came the morning.
Thank you again for listening to Church Alive's Teaching of the Week with Pastor Gene Amoson. We invite you to join us for our Sunday morning worship service every Sunday at 10 o'clock or learn more at churchalive.net.